Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now we need to go to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket. Part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group where Jane Pickett uh, joins me, our resident vet. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome. Let me get straight into uh, questions. Joe and Domanway was on to say, my pet rescue greyhound has a fractured hock. It was from running around the garden. Now, the vet has put a lovely pink bandage on him and he's healing well. But I'm wondering if Jane would suggest, could I give him calcium tablets? Would calcium tablets help to make his bones a little bit stronger? Um, this is an interesting one. So, first of all, well done for rehoming a retired greyhound. I have one myself and they make the loveliest pets. Um, they can, however, have the legacy of racing injuries. Um, and generally, it's from the carpus, so that's the wrist area on the, the front leg, and also the hocks, which is kind of the ankle area on the back leg. Um, and they are, by their very nature, a little bit on the fragile side, um, as, as breeds of dogs go. With this particular situation, um, there are a number of things that go, can go wrong with the hawk, so it wouldn't be fair for me to comment on, 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 let's say, management of that. But from the point of view of calcium use, it's not generally something I would advise unless there is a problem. Um, so really interestingly, very much like um, ourselves having calcium as part of a balanced diet and that can help to improve bone density, um, that can go for animals as well. However, the really important thing to be aware of is that by giving calcium, if we give too much, we can actually really upset the bone density and be a bit counterproductive. So our bone is really, really dependent on the balance between two things, calcium and phosphorus, one of the other compounds. And they have to be kind of in the diet in the right amounts. And normally in, let's say, the commercially available good quality diets, that would be very finely tuned so that it will promote good bone health. Um, as well as all of the function of the internal organs otherwise. But if we start supplementing things in kind of an unscientific manner, a lot of the time we can actually be causing more harm than good. There are select, let's say, diseases of developing dogs where we might suggest um, supplementing particular minerals such as calcium or phosphorus. Um, but generally our fallback is just make sure you focus on a really good quality, complete diet. Um, so if that's in place for your dog, there's probably no need to supplement. And generally it won't prevent any kind of bone injuries in an adult dog. It's, it's usually in the developing dogs where we might need to keep a really close eye on that. Um, but if you have any concerns or you want to discuss whether your diet is appropriate just to promote ongoing good health and bone density, have a discussion with your vet about what diet you're on, whether it's appropriate for your dog's life stage and body condition. And I'm sure that 
will be able to guide you in the right direction. But I'd be very, very nervous about supplementing. Um, okay, with, with single, calcium. Okay, Margaret yeah. was on. She has a, a little dog. He, she gave him a worm tablet about six weeks ago. He also had his glands emptied four weeks ago. But she's just noticed this morning he's dragging his rear end along the ground. What do you think could be going on there? Okay, so it actually sounds like our listener is kind of concentrating quite rightly on on the two things that are the most common. So the most common causes of dragging the bottom along the floor, or what we kind of colloquially call scooting, um, would be a worm infestation, most commonly with a tapeworm, which almost look like little grains of rice that you might see at the back end if the worms are mature. And they can cause a lot of itchiness actually around the back end. So sometimes they're scratching themselves because they might have a parasite. And sometimes they might be scratching their bottom on the floor because their anal glands are full. So dogs have two little glands, two little scent glands that are four o'clock and eight o'clock around the around the anus. And they normally fill up with contents and then empty every time the dog poos a little bit. So a kind of a normal motions will keep everything moving with the anal glands. So generally they don't become a problem. But sometimes if, let's say, a dog goes through a period of having very soft stools, it may not be emptying the glands properly as the dog poos. So we can get almost like a, it's almost like a slow flowing river or an oxbow lake. All of the contents of the glands just become a little bit stagnant. And because it's a warm, wet area, it is an absolute perfect place for a bacterial party to happen. And sometimes we can get infections as well as impactions where the glands won't empty. So sometimes this can happen on a one-off basis for for no reason that we can really pinpoint, but some dogs really do have a lot of trouble with their anal glands. And sometimes that's just due to their conformation, so the way their body is built up, or if they're particularly prone to infections, or even if they just regularly don't have very firm stools that empty the glands. What I would say is that if you've done a worming tablet six weeks ago, as long as your dog is an adult, that's probably adequate. But I just double check that you got the tablet from either a vet or a pharmacist because we're allowed to carry products that are generally well tested and work and we know they're effective. If you got the product from somewhere else, just maybe have a second think as to, well, has this really worked and should I visit my vet for a tablet? Um, because some products on the wor- on the market maybe don't work as well as they, they say they will. Um, The second thing I would say is if the glands were emptied four weeks ago and the scooting has stopped but then started again, it could be an anal gland problem. And what I would say is don't lose faith in your vet because anal gland issues can actually be really frustrating. I know they're really frustrating for you as an owner. They're distressing for the pet. But for us as vets as well, they're really, really a challenge sometimes to pinpoint exactly what's causing it. And sometimes it can be that we can't really cure the problem, but we can manage it ongoing so that it has minimal impact for your quality of life, but most importantly, your pet's quality of life. So I would say that if your dog is scooting again, this definitely warrants a visit to the vet again so that they can assess the glands and just make sure that your worming is appropriate. Okay, and I think you've actually, your answer there is the very same answer you'd be giving to Catherine because she's describing very same thing going on with her 13-year-old Labrador who's fully wormed and it's a neighbour has said it could be the anal glands. Can it suddenly start in a 13-year-old dog who didn't have a history of it before? It can do. It will be less common, but sometimes these things just happen. I suppose in an older dog, we, we can have other problems that come into play. So sometimes we, we can have, let's say, just a, a single incidence of an anal gland impaction or infection. But more rarely, we can have, let's say, masses or cancers that grow in the anal glands and they can present with very similar signs to an anal gland infection. So particularly in an older dog, this is one I would definitely get checked out. OK. Hi, um, Jane. I have an 11-week-old Maltese Shih Tzu. 
Uh, his tummy was really upset when we got him. He was being fed on adult dog food. So obviously we changed his diet Im- immediately and thankfully he is better and he's starting to gain weight. My question, how many meals should he be on a day? At the moment we have him on four smallish meals evenly spaced out. It's made up of chicken, puppy, nibbles and cooked peas and carrots. Bit of rice now and again. Thanking you, that's Jackie in Mallow. Advice on a Maltese Shih Tzu, 11 weeks old. Okay, this is a really interesting one. I think our our listener has taken very good steps initially by changing it from an adult dog food onto a puppy dog food. That's really, really key because I suppose very similar to our first question about the adding calcium to a diet and bone density, particularly in puppies, because they are laying down the, the kind of foundation of their skeleton that will be with them for the rest of their life. It's really important to make sure that you're feeding a really good quality well-balanced complete puppy food and that will be different to a good quality well-balanced complete adult food because it just has the balance of minerals and vitamins and proteins and fats a little bit different to be suiting a growing skeleton so it's really important to feed a puppy food probably for much longer than you think even up to 12 months of age before you'd move them onto an adult food so discuss that with your vet about four meals a day sounds reasonable three to four would be appropriate for for a dog of that age i think usually around 12 to 14 weeks you can move back to maybe three three smaller meals and a snack um and and your dog will very much guide you as to to what what kind of pattern will suit them but that sounds appropriate the one thing i would say that i would have some concerns about is that the things that will be fed in addition to the puppy kibble so um, let's say in small amounts, chicken, rice, peas are, are not harmful. And sometimes as vets, we do suggest they're fed for, um, let's say, uh, an isolated incident of a GI upset or diarrhea. But longer term for a puppy, it's not particularly nutritionally appropriate. So what I would say is you really need to focus on the complete diet as per the kibble. I know for us as humans, we think that, you know, it adds a bit more variety. Maybe it's a bit healthier. But actually for puppies, the healthiest thing they can be on is um, solely a complete puppy diet because because if let's say 50% of their food is nuts and 50% of it is the home cooked portion, they're really only having 50% of their diet as a scientifically based complete diet and the other half we're really not certain about. So I would advise speaking to your vet about moving to entirely a complete puppy diet and if that doesn't sit well with their tummy and, and make the change over gradually of course, there are plenty of brands on the market and there will be something to suit your puppy in that situation. But speak to your vet about what ones they would recommend, what ones are available in the area and most importantly what ones are tested so that we know that scientifically they produce a, a good skeleton good internal organs and it'll set your puppy up for a great happy healthy life okay good advice uh, we'll chat again next week Jane in the meantime thank you for that and uh, thanks for joining us thank you uh, good afternoon to you Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 